Hey everyone, this is Danny Ferris, and welcome to Kafaru Cast. You nailed it. Out of the park again. <laughs> <laughs> did you announce the last one? Uh, I did announce the last one. I did. And um, I'm sitting here sucking on some alpha brain that Aaron gave me. Um, and There's going to be some math, ma- mathematical problems <laughs> and equations on this podcast. It's like, dude, you better take this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you ever get nervous before these at all, ever? No, I didn't even get nervous on the Rogan one. I don't know. Did I seem nervous on that one? I didn't feel nervous. It seemed didn't pretty seem normal. Nervous. Yeah. You didn't seem nervous at all. Somebody brought that up to me the other day. Frank, have you ever seen me nervous? No, I can't really think that I have. Have you been nervous ever around me? Only when you're mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Some people get nervous super, super easy, and then I, I don't. It takes a lot See, for me I'm to get I'm usually nervous. pretty steady. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've been hosting this new Hoyt podcast, the Hoyt Bowhunting podcast, and uh, we we did a podcast yesterday with Chuck Adams, and I, I think a lot of Chuck Adams, you know, he, I, I don't know, he's just been so recognizable for so long, and first bow I ever bought for myself, I got a little poster of him with that brown bear, and um and the super slam arrows yeah yeah and and man for whatever reason yesterday when we were doing that podcast and i'm having to introduce him and list off his credentials and stuff like that i was nervous as hell (laughs) i seriously gets easier as time goes on i think oh i was i was nervous and i don't know if when we listen to that thing, you're going to be able to tell that my voice is like a little nervous. bit cracking, but I, man, I was nervous. Pussy. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, come on, man. I, I got to tell you, uh, looking back, so I posted that photo of me and Kaylee the other day with the antelope. I had super slams on there. I don't talk about Chuck Adams that much, but right. for anybody in our age demographic, yeah, he was it. Like hey, that, that was it. His credentials are real. Well, I just, he had the caribou bowline. Hoyt came out with yeah. the caribou bowline. But so, you know, rewind, uh, you know, for me, the mid to late 90s is where I'm getting into, you know, archery or whatever. And you were, you know, back then I was, I didn't know what I was doing. So you're spraying elk piss on yourself, which is a horrible idea, but I don't do that anymore. And super slam arrows. Um, you know, and at, at that time, there was, uh, like Hoyt pretty much had Browning for a little bit, had some decent shooters and they went to hell in a handbasket. And then Hoyt came on and pretty much had the run of the show for many, many, many years. And Chuck was heading that up because he had, well, he's the only person that has the super slam where they all make the record book. Every animal. Is that correct? I don't know about that. I do know. I mean, I don't know. I, I know that all. I think he has at least one of each species entered, but he has he has the most Pope and Young entries by any bow hunter ever. Maybe by like that was fifty it. entries. Yeah, he's <laughs> he uh, he's held five world records in five different species. Um, he's written like sixty one hundred articles, dude. Yeah, you got to be you got to have a. a a depth of experience to draw from for 6,100 articles. That's a ridiculous number. And work ethic. Oh. I can barely type up an email. He freehands <laughs> it. He freehands his articles. Yeah. Writes them in freehand and then 
types them up in the final draft. But yeah, there's there's a lot of things about the guy that are pretty pretty dang impressive and legit, like really legit. It's 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 is it nostalgic? Is that right the right word? But like I was telling. Cody, or maybe you the other day, those stupid dirt biscuits smells like dirt. Yeah. Probably doesn't do anything, but I always put them in my clothes hamper, so I smell like, I don't know that it works, but that smell reminds me of Super Slam Select Arrows. Right. You, know, shit, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, there's certain things, and then, uh, you know, back in that time, uh, for, for Hoyt, there was a Power Tech. Uh, they came out with an Ultra Tech, I think, in 2001 time frame. Probably one of their better bows they've ever made. I think the Ultra Tech was 2003 but right. i could be wrong no no you may be you may be right but there was a, a an aspen oh it was a striker striker was 01 that all reminds me of the day and that was when chuck was at the later end of his super heyday right but remember that dude from alabama that was a poaching fool got caught poaching in yellowstone was trying to give chuck a run for his money no i i don't right off the top oh. of my head but well i only know because i met him at cherokee archery and mm-hmm. he got caught he was shooting strip bucks on general tags in the wrong state. Oh, really? And uh, I can't, he got pulled over in Yellowstone. Man, I can't remember the whole story, but he had this big thing. It was Easton trying to sabotage him because he was giving Chuck a uh, run for his money. But then they found a VHS tape under his seat of him shooting shit in Yellowstone, which totally <laughs> blew his story out of the water. But um, Don, Don Lewis? Don Lewis. Everybody look up Don Lewis. I'm pretty sure that's his name. I'm gonna he's he was a like the most well known poacher of his See, time. This is another problem. Like I'm watching you look this up as you're having this conversation. And um, me, I I was telling Frank earlier, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. Much less have a conversation and be looking something up. Don Lewis, wildlife serial killer by M. R. James. <laughs> so <laughs> MR wrote, wrote, wrote an article. Yep. Oh, but I man. so I met the guy at Cherokee Archery, and so this one was in '99. I was in the army. Yeah, and he came in and and he was a professional bullshitter. I mean, and I didn't know the the story. And Google wasn't a you know you couldn't grab oh, your yeah. phone and who's Don Lewis. So I'm like, and they were telling me about all these, and I'd seen photos of what he'd shot. Right, and I'm like, well, man, this two and two isn't equal in four here. Where where is this guy? Well, then a buddy that knew came up and was like, dude, that, that guy's, he, he's a legend, all right. And I'm like, what kind of legend, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, he got in poaching in Yellowstone. And yeah. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So he was shooting bucks in back and forth in Utah, the Four Corners area, yeah. in multiple different states. Um, you know, and then back then, they didn't have the technology they had. You can't hardly break the law now. Yeah. Um, well, back then... Um, like he sold the game warden on some bullshit story because there was like a 200-inch deer in his truck and why it was there. Um, but, yeah, one thing led to another. Uh, but his whole thing was it was because he was giving Chuck a run for his money for poping young animals or a mm. record. Well, he was shooting all his in state parks. So I, right. I can go up to Rocky Mountain National Park right now and look like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, yeah, Chuck is definitely the man. And it's always cool to see him at the ATA. I can't imagine he enjoys being there, but – um, it's always cool seeing him. Yeah, that's uh, part of it. Like if you'd have told me way back then that, oh yeah, one day you're going to be interviewing him on, you know, Hoyt's podcast or, or whatever, having these conversations in front of all kinds of people with him, I'd have never believed you. And, and I remember seeing him at the first couple of, uh, like ATA shows that I went to and just being 
like starstruck. Oh, that's Chuck Adams, you know. It was uh, was kind of crazy. One of the things he read or wrote at one time, I remembered reading, which kind of for a, um, what do you say, one of those spots in time that stuck in my brain where they were giving people crap about taking farther shots, which he wasn't opposed to. Not far, far, but he, right. you know, he was like, I bear shaft to 40 yards. If you can't hit a paper plate at 40 yards, you, you've got problems. Right. And he was talking about his accuracy and uh, his tolerances on his arrows and his run out spinning broadheads. And I learned a lot from reading, you know, some of those articles he wrote were just short paragraphs, you know, 500 words. In right. fact, Bow Hunter had that tech tip of the month thing with him, I think is what it was, where for years he'd have like a monthly like know, ask bow hunter or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, type of a thing. Right. Um, might have been Peterson's, but it was one of the two. Yeah, and it, well, and I remember reading you know those and I remember um not being able to afford the magazine and going in and reading it in the grocery store and then putting it back. No yeah. one I looked at with Chuck's articles or <laughs> what he was writing, but Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's Frank, crazy. You started much later in your career than but yeah, you had to have known Chuck. Yeah, I watched him on TV and stuff and He's a pretty recognizable face on that. Sure. He, he had, on TV well, he had often. like commercials and shit, didn't yeah. he? Commercials. Yeah, commercials yeah. He I saw on the hunting yeah. channel, you'd see him with his commercials and his bows and the all the stuff he endorsed. stocking cap. Yeah. I think uh, I watched a lot of Tom Miranda's Super Slam stuff that kind of got me into uh, bow hunting. Yeah. I was telling Danny the other day, we were making fun of Dana because she didn't know who uh, Wayne Carlton or Larry <laughs> yeah. Jones was. I was like, get the fuck out. This is the problem. <laughs> you know who Hushin is. You don't know who Larry D. Jones is. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, the new generation. But Larry so, D. is great. Yeah. Yeah, he's he seems like a super cool guy. I've only met him a few times. but I well, don't. Speaking of nervous, my buddy over here across the table, Donman, he was just wiping sweat off his hands just a second ago. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for actually, we kind of jumped ahead here. So for everybody tuning in, uh, Frank's across from me, obviously. And to my left, uh, Danny Ferris, owner of uh, Ultimate Predator Gear Decoys. That stalker decoy, the cow, is what I had on when I shot the antelope. And Donman was with us, and we were actually on your land when we shot the antelope. So today, we're going to talk all kinds of shit about everything. But we're going to talk about that antelope hunt, the decoys, answer some questions people had. Because that kind of went viral quick that we shot a uh, an antelope on the ground spot and stock with the stick bow and there was tons of questions about the decoys what to use and when and how so we're gonna tell a story about the antelope probably talk shit in the middle and also give some tech tips on the the decoys at the same time i think the first thing i'd like to to cover is because that got asked to me a lot what do you do in the wind so i would first say use some common sense uh, <laughs> danny why don't you because I did it without you telling me. No, you might have told me, but I hold it in, basically grip it in my hand, and then right at the shot, I drop it if it's super windy. But you want to talk about that, what guys want to do in high wind situations? Yeah, like liter- antelope hunting, mountain goat hunting, sheep hunting, things like that above timberline, uh, and then antelope out in the middle of the plains, you run into situations where you've got high winds. And if you have anything like that, big old decoy attached to your bow, um, it becomes a wind sail and makes it even more difficult to shoot than it already is. So people ask me what to do in that situation. Take the thing off your bow, uh, number one. You know, you don't want to have it on there. But the the way that I will often run it when you're in that situation is lay it against the quiver side of your bow, flat against your bow. And then you 
grip the with your grip hand that you grip your bow with, you either make a handle that goes straight down through the shooting window with some of our Velcro straps, or if you don't have the Velcro straps, you can literally just grip the shooting window with your grip hand on your bow. And then when you're walking at a critter, you just face the bow sideways. So if you're a right-handed archer, your bow's gonna be pointed hard left. You're showing them the quiver side of your bow and you're hiding behind the decoy and you're holding it on there with your grip hand. So you've got an arrow knocked right there. You can do everything with your, with your right hand, with your, your string hand on the bow. You can range, do all those things. Now the only trick is at some point you've gotta reveal yourself in order to take the shot because when you point that bow forward toward the animal, now he can see you and he can't see the decoy anymore. But as soon as you put to put, start to put pressure on your string and draw back just a little bit, you just open your grip hand like most people naturally do. The decoy falls right off the side of the bow. You go through your shot process and you make a shot. The only bad thing is, is if animal moves or something like that, now the decoy's laying on the ground. <laughs> but it's a great hands-free way to run it in the wind and and let it fall off the bow so that you're not having to deal with it you know when when the wind's gusting hard now mine was attached i had that cow attached and we had a decent wind it wasn't like a gusting 30 by any means but no. we had a wind um and i don't it wasn't horrible we had a little bit of a wind but not bad but i know down in when we're, that that ram works really well now we were using um a, a mule deer and that ram in Texas for our dad because that that thing looks like an owl dad the, the bighorn sheep yeah um but same thing when it's super windy one I mean if you've got a buddy you know just hide behind him yeah. um but that's what we do when we peek over cliffs the other thing too is I I strap one and I post some photos of you had it on your camera setup yeah but I put it on my tri or my monopod and then I look right over the top of its ears through my binoculars and I hold it through the the, the hole where you would shoot through so when I'm cresting over the top of a hill, I'm not silhouetting myself, and it looks like an animal's head poking up, not a, a human not a head. Yeah. But, but, yeah, as far as the, the antelope hunt goes, so I sat in a ground blind for 15 hours opening day, and then maybe seven or eight after that, and the wind shifted and started blowing towards the uh, the water hole. So I had put the, the blind up the, the day before season, which isn't isn't good. Um <laughs> And so I saw lots of antelope. They just weren't close. I could have probably winged one at them with a compound. They're quite a ways out there. But um, I I gave it a few days. I came back out, and there was, you know, I told you there's a, a giant goat. In fact, I'm going to sit on that water hole with Cody Saturday. Awesome. Um, there's a giant goat out there, and you were giving me, you're like, dude, screw the blind. Just get out <laughs> here and let's spot and stalk these things. Um, and I'm like, man, there's a giant antelope out here I want to try and get a shot at. Well, I went back back out Wednesday, I mm -hmm. guess. And you were like, just, you know, get over to the house. And I'm like, man, I'm going to sit there for a little while. And somewhere in the middle of me sitting, you were like, I think, I can't remember if you texted me or I texted you, but I sent you a photo of one bedded. Yeah. And you were like, I hate to say it. He's probably going to come in. I hope you miss, um, <laughs> you know, making jokes. Um, and it was weird. They just, they weren't having that blind. They, yeah. I kind of had the same experience with you. They'll get comfortable with it, lay a couple hundred yards, hundred yards out, and then they'll walk in. Right. There was not one uh, animal on that game camera that came into that water hole. Really? Um, they're how, all over How it. tight was the blind on it? Mm -hmm. 18, 20 yards, something yeah. like that. Well, it's uh, fun. we just set up a blind 
on, what was it, Dom, on Saturday? Saturday, yep. We set it up Saturday, the 22nd, and we hung a game camera on it. Mm-hmm. Lane's in that blind right now. Yeah. Um, so the 23rd, the day after, the whole afternoon of the 22nd, nothing else came in. This water hole is hitting. Yeah. Like it had an antelope all over it, tons of tracks. We watched a big group water there. Um, we put that blind 20 yards away from it. That day, nothing came in. The next day, nothing came in. The following day, so two days after we put it up, we had one group of does come in. And then finally, the third day after that after that tank, or that or thing was there, so yesterday, we had a group of does come in in the morning, one big buck in the middle of the day, and one group of does in the evening. So it took them three, four days to, to settle with that yeah, thing. You know what I settled. mean? Yeah. So it, it was kind of cool to hang the camera and, and try and see how many days, knowing that they were hitting that one hard, how many days it took. Well, and I had one probably eight-inch uh, buck come in that on I, it was so hot in that blind. I was ready to shoot it just to get it over with. To be, but I get made fun of so bad by my friends. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to shoot this thing. And and quite honestly, I would have been shooting it more to prove a point. If you know if, if yeah. that makes it because I've shot some pretty pretty big antelope with my compound. I wanted to get one with a stick, so I didn't shoot that thing, but. Well, that's kept, why I was giving you crap is because you kept telling me when we were texting back and forth while you're in there, I'm sick of this. I'm going oh, to I'm gonna shoot a, <laughs> I'm gonna shoot the first little dink that comes in. And I was like, dude, don't shoot one with milk on its lips before you even come out here with me. Yeah. And, and then he's like, oh, well, there's also an 80-incher out here. Now, okay, well, if you shoot an 80-incher and don't come hunt with me, I completely understand the that. The problem was I was getting to the point of, Nothing was getting past. It was everything I could do. To, I'm not bullshitting. The first one that walked by was every bit of my, you know, pretty, I got some Decent. pretty strong willpower. And it, I about shot a two-year-old eight-inch antelope just to get it over with. And that was the <laughs> only antelope that came in so far. Now, there was some out there at 70 and 80. But um, I'm glad, obviously, it's good that I didn't uh, shoot one is how it all turned out. But I, when I went back out there... Wednesday and sat, I sat for, what, four hours, I guess, five hours? Yeah, you were there for a while. Yeah, and then I packed my crap up and hauled ass to, to I Danny's house. I kept telling you, I poisoned the water hole, Aaron. <laughs> what was that, That the quote, the audio, who, what movie was that from? Toy Story. Somebody oh, yeah. poisoned <laughs> the water hole. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It certainly seemed like it. <laughs> As far as the people asking, though, on ground blind hunting, which I'm not an expert, but I would say two weeks um, at least, if you can get a blind up two weeks ahead of time, a week for sure, Mm -hmm. um, in my limited experience. And then the other thing, and I've had um, an older crowd message me on how stupid it is to uh, um, mm, listen to audio books and you should be out there enjoying nature and shit like that, which I get, but... A uh, fifteen-hour sit in the water hole at the water hole is everything I can do, no matter what. And I can only watch Tweety birds and shit fly around the water hole so long. So, to me, I I had those Yeti Ramblers. I had three of them, and uh, so I had 150 ounces of water. I had like six audio books downloaded. Had a bunch of music, and uh, pray to God you have cell service because a fifteen-hour sit is a long time and. I really don't know what if 
if you can't sit that long, you got there's a chance you can sit in the morning and at night. But where I'm at, they can see so far. Oh, yeah, you they're watching them off. Yeah, you got to get in the dark and you got to leave in the dark or have a cattle truck drive through, scare them off. You know, if you got a buddy who's a landowner or something to get out, because once they see, you know, fat white dude getting out of that or or, or fat black dude, whatever color you are, uh, getting in out of that blind, they're going to get blind shy. Yeah. Um, so that's that's important. Well, now that I own a a decoy company, of course, I give people a lot of hell for sitting in the ground blind. <laughs> in actuality, it's it's a very effective way to kill them. However, I would rather go on the most physical mountain goat hunt that you can throw at me than sit in that blind for 15 hours. Like, guys that I've guided, um, I've never seen any other form of hunting that drives people as crazy. As as specifically bow hunting antelope out of a ground blind in it's 125 degrees inside there. Yeah. And when I used to guide with Eichler, dude, it, I've seen some hardcore guys, but this is how Eichler handles archery antelope hunters. Okay. We take them out there in the dark. We drop them with a cooler full of you know water and some snacks, things like that. Their chair. And they have a white bag for trash and a black bag for shit. Yeah. <laughs> and Eichler tells them, do not get out of that ground blind to take a crap. You crap in this black bag and you drop it outside of the back of the well, blind. We we talked about this a little bit because I'm pretty sure there's a poo bag in mine because Luke was going to go sit in it. <laughs> it's well, still in there. Dude, I got to go sit in oh it with Cody. God. So I'm like, Can man, you I hope thing... I pulled it out of there. Yeah. Good Lord. Because... People kept asking me, what do you do when you have to poop? And I'm like, do you really want to know? So I have two and a half gallon Ziploc bags. I poop in the bag and I double bag it. And then it sits in there with me all day long. You don't even <laughs> drop it out the window? The um, Oh, you're hardcore. I was going to say, it, the, I've got a 90 by 90 by 90 blind. So it's not like right beside me, but my little poo buddy. <sighs> what was that on South Park, Mr. Henke, the Christmas yeah. poo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, but it, I mean, when it's a hundred and... Well, it's probably a hundred out there. Yeah. And then in that blind, I think it was one seventeen or one eleven on my on yeah. my watch. Yeah. So it was pretty It's roasting you alive. It's it, a torture treatment. It it is. And you, you the thing is you get down to it's a, sitting a, in a your, vision quest. Yeah. You about go into yeah. a vision quest when your spirit world but sweat box. You you go into your underwear, horse flies. You oh. know, that thermocells don't make horse flies go away. Yeah. Um they'll bite the shit out of you and I'm like, fuck it. I just wore pants and a shirt the whole time and just sucked it up because there was too many bugs. And the wind, the one day was good, and it blew them out of there. Yeah. The day I was with you, there was when I went out and met you, there was no wind that day. And yeah. It was, it was hot. I thought surely something was going to come into the blind. but It's it's miserable. It pays off eventually. I've, I've literally had clients that, dude, day one they come out, and they're like, oh, my gosh, that, that was hard. Day two they come out, and they're like, uh, I don't know if I can do this again. Day three, they come out and they're ready to put a gun in their mouth, dude. <laughs> like, I'm just like going crazy. Like, I don't care whether I ever shoot one of these things. I just hate this. Well, when I went the first year in 17, I went with Alex and we shot one first day. Yeah. Then I went to the stick bow. And piss poor planning is a, what's that, results in piss poor performance. We just drove around looking for water in the day before and it was a wet year and anyway i sat in that ground blind three days 
I guess, nothing. I had one giant come in and came to the left side, um, and uh, windows weren't open. I just had the ones open to the, the water hole, and I could see it. And basically his nose was just poking where I could see how big he was, yeah. and then he just veered off. Well, I guess two years of that, and I tried some spot and stock, and we got within 60 several times. And so it was kind of the only – it's the only animal I went after. I haven't killed with a stick, basically. Um so that I kept telling you, I'm like, dude, I just need to kill one at this point. It's like my nemesis. So, um, actually, why don't we talk about what we did that morning? Because um, we did a setup that it, it worked, but it would have worked a lot better in the rut. But yeah. how you, how you set that up and what you do? Because uh, we had a full life size 3D and a stalker D. Yeah. So we took a we. I have this old uh, life size 3D antelope decoy. It was a carry light, but it's not even made anymore. Um, and I stick that thing out. It looks good. It looks like if you stuck that thing out during rifle season, it'd be full of holes. Um, oh, I might shoot it with my compound. From the road. <laughs> no, it looks good. <laughs> Wisconsin drive-by. But we, we stuck that out in the middle of the wide open, and there was a, a, a grassy patch. And we knew where this buck was hanging. He was hanging over in the corner of Donman's property. And at the other end of Donman's property, there was a smaller buck that had a group of does who actually probably would be more likely to come into a decoy setup just because he was thinking that the rut was a little closer than it actually is. Yeah, he was, he was pretty honest. Um, the one that was hanging back in the back corner of his property, though, and we were seeing him bed down there almost every single day. We knew that he'd be in there sometime. He was a loner and by himself, so I, I wasn't sure how well it was going to work, but I was like, let's go try him first before we go try that little one just because he was a lot nicer nicer oh yeah way bigger buck so we went back there and we set that hold on rewind so (laughs) danny the way you first made it sound because you were like this area where we're hunting there's houses yeah and i'm like but there i you i may have painted it i was like i wonder they're not that close i mean they're several hundred yards away how many acres do you 200 there you have 200 and then Moose has another 80 right next to it, and yeah. Yeah, yeah we so have 280 it, yeah. total. So they weren't, I was expecting them to be a little closer. So when we got out there, I was like, whoa, that is that is a large chunk of land. Because there was, in that one area, what, 70 different antelope? Probably oh, yeah. with does and everything. 80 or 90. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there was quite a bit in there. So yeah. I, I was like, whoa, that's this is way better than I had anticipated. So anyway, yeah. sorry, go ahead. So we we go back there to where we've watched this buck come in and bed down. Um, and it's in, like I said, in the back corner of Dom's property. And, uh, we put that 3d buck up and then me and Aaron took two turkey chairs that sit right on the ground, basically. And we just set up in a patch of grass. What were we 10 yards away from that antler from that 3d buck? Yeah. yeah give or take. Yeah. And so anyway, the plan is, is for when that buck that comes back in, come back in, he will see this 3D buck standing there, get curious about him. And as he gets closer, he'll see me and Aaron sitting off to the side with stalker decoys on our bows and kind of write us off as bedded does and come up to see who this buck is that's standing right in the middle where he usually beds down. Well, long story short, we had some does show up on us and they came in shoot how close were those does 30 yards yeah they were close no they were a little further than that they came to that fence line so they were 70 yards yeah the ones you had the next day came to 30 yeah um, yeah me six, and jay 64 71 something like that yeah so they crossing right 
they came in to within Aaron's compound range, but not necessarily uh, uh, stick bow range. And our buck didn't show up. We didn't know where the heck he was. And, and uh, it was getting to be about 9, 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And Aaron starts complaining, Ferris, you didn't bring any food. I have to eat. I have, <laughs> I have to eat. I believe it was something like that. Yes, <laughs> it was something exactly like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, let's drag up real quick and, and uh, we'll head over to a gas station to pick up some food. So we ended up doing that and we're pulling into the gas station. Donman calls us. Oh, he's back. Guys, he's there. <laughs> he was laying where we were sitting. Yeah, right fucker. where he, <laughs> right where we put the 3D buck. Yeah, we have a motorcycle track in the back back there for my kids, the grass track, and he just he beds down in that berm all the time. And yeah, yeah he uh, yeah. he was there. He, he snuck was, his way back in. That little squirt actually ran him out of the the north side of the property, oh. and he went down there and bedded down. I said, yep. "You guys gotta come." We were. It was basically like a. It's a dirt bike track, but what it looks like is a sandy creek bottom. Yeah, is, is what it is. It's just sand, and that's what we were laying in. And he, I'm sure it's cool for him, which is why he's laying in there. But yeah, yep. yeah, he was laying exactly where we had that 3D buck. Yeah, so but I we, did get to eat a burrito. So it was <laughs> worth it. Did, did you bring your shit bag? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, we went to a fine store and got a. I got about seven protein bars and a burrito and ate them all before we got back, I think. Yeah, yeah. So we I went would, we uh, went over ready. to another buddy's property in between. Yep. And we found one buck that was solo all by himself. And this is one of the things about hunting antelope early, trying to decoy them. Um, it, it doesn't work every time, uh, especially in the early season when the rut's not going on and those bucks are hanging out by themselves. Me and Aaron... Got out of the truck, did a big loop to get around and, and get in front of him, you know, to show him the decoys as he was coming over the hill or something. And it was it was pretty good. I mean, it, it was either he was going to like it or he wasn't going to like it. And we popped up over the hill at, what, 150 yards yeah, or something like, like that. that. And Aaron was up in front of me. I think he uh, – were we both running does? or were, Yeah, we had does. And – we popped up over the hill and just showed him the top of the decoys, and he looked up there for maybe 30 seconds and bang, turns around starts trotting off. And, you know, Aaron turns around and looks at me like, I thought this was going to work. Yeah, that's exactly. not true. <laughs> that's a, I know with decoys it's 50-50. That, well, it's not even 50-50 that early. I would say in the rut it's more... 50-50. Um, in the rut, I've had some crazy shit happen with decoys, and I use a bite elk call for yeah. a call, a challenge call. Yeah. And you, nah, nah, nah. And I've had them come from 400 out yeah, running, like dumber than shit, dead running, and have your pin set at 80, and then here they are at 30, and you're trying to figure out where to aim at their feet to hit them. But other times, early, it's no different than rattling for whitetails. Yeah. You rattle for whitetails on November 3rd, mm -hmm. they might all run away. You wait till November 11th, you'll have them all running in. It's just something clicks in their testosterone, whatever kicks in, yeah. and they become dominant, and, and you'll get one every now and then early that'll come in. But for the most part, you're using it more for cover than you are in attractant. It seems like early, early season, and occasionally it will work. But Yeah. Why don't, yeah. Why don't you guys think bow season is during the rut for antelope? It's too late. What? Is that now? Bow season for antelope uh, the, during the rut. Isn't the rut like in October for no, antelope? No, it starts late, like late September. Late September. Yeah. yeah. So right about when our season's right ending, when it the ends, rut is yeah, like, arriving. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I was going to say, I've had the best luck when I filled my elk tag out up and then went back out towards the end of elk season for the rut because in the beginning they might there might sh- that, that one was odd because he was rutting up hard that little bastard yeah, yeah he, he was, was on a mean me. little fucker man yeah he was beating up on everybody he wasn't very big yeah i didn't give a shit i'm like hey look we can shoot that one i have no problem <laughs> these guys were like no no you want you want to sh-. the one i ended up shooting is the one we wanted to that we went after and it worked out but he, he that little one was out there challenge calling all morning remember mm-hmm. we heard him well that one afternoon he was dogging those does like crazy i mean he was hustling yeah. them around like like crazy yeah yeah i kept hoping that he'd come over there to me and aaron that morning but i'm glad he didn't after you know had the way oh yeah out. yeah so the actual event let's so danny had mentioned to me earlier probably a month before mm-hmm. hey we may be able to use horses and kind of go in with horses and like, oh okay whatever you know and then you know he we ran over to Donman, and Donman's like, yeah, I got a couple of horses, and we figured out the the plan. So I'm not a horseman by trade at all. In fact, I hate horses. I didn't really think about the fact you train horses not to walk right beside you. And so here we are. Uh, Donman is literally giving the linebacker elbow or shoulder as we're leading these horses in to get the horses to walk the right way because they don't know what the hell's going on. They're not supposed to to walk by you, but we had two horses, basically. Yeah. And then Donman was leading, I was in the middle, and uh, Danny was on the camera behind us, and then you guys take it from there. Well, yeah. first off, we, you know, that goat's back there in the back corner, and we said, okay, let's grab the horses and let's give this a try. But we filmed a little intro, you know, like Aaron let people know what's going on here. And <laughs> when you when you see this intro, once, once we get done putting this video together, Aaron is like, uh... So I guess the plan is that we're we're gonna walk out at this goat with these horses, and I'm going to step out with a cow decoy, and it, it was so like there was doubt written all over his face, and yeah, yeah like uh, and and it was just cracking me up after going back and watching it. But so we we did grab the horses. Donman has a. 30-year-old horse yeah, that old. is really, you know, nice to lead, and, you know, he's he's pretty mellow. He was the horse they put in the front so it wouldn't kick the shit out of me. I remember that yeah. happening oh, in I the first 100 yards. You were like, <laughs> swap horses. He won't kick you. Just get up close. Yeah. 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 So I I was in the back. Donman was leading, and, and Aaron was walking right behind Donman next to that lead horse, and then I'm leading the horse in the back and trying to run camera, and lead this horse at the same time and my horse is a little younger a little feistier yeah yeah we can you got the short end of the stick on that deal like i was saying before i can't walk and chew bubble gum at the same time so i'm trying to run a camera and and do this horse at the same time and just like aaron was saying when you train a horse to to lead when you're leading them, if they step all the way up next to you, you are giving them the elbow to get back. So they're not yeah. used to that. Now we're in a situation where we want the we're horse. We're asking them to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we want the horse up next to us for their head to be out in front of us. So with mine, it, it wasn't too bad because she's naturally trying to follow the lead horse. But with Donman's, He's trying to elbow this thing to get it to walk out ahead of him just a little well, bit. Well, I had my arm stretched out and had my fingers 
and I was put my fingers right on the bottom of the chin strap of the halter. Yeah. And I'm pushing there and I'm sticking my shoulder in his right where the cinch would go and I'm just trying to get him to go in front of me. Right. You know, he, I didn't think he was going to do it. You know, he's he's got 30 years of, you know, yeah. us whacking him when he steps up on, <laughs> on the back of you. He's a big bastard too. He's a big horse. So. Yeah. So we, we start heading out toward this goat and right when we start heading out, all of a sudden thunder starts oh. clapping off in the distance and the we all of a sudden notice that the sky's getting dark out there. Yeah, and you said, I don't have any anything to cover my camera. Yeah, I didn't have a bag <laughs> or anything to cover that camera rig. And, it, like, I had told them, you know, when we were getting ready to go do this, I have done this before. These guys have not. Um, Donman, if that goat looks up at us, you got to stop and try, you know, hope that your horse goes to feeding and just let them feed until that goat loses attention it might take 10 or 15 minutes if that goat starts peering over there like what are you doing why are you coming so close you know um well as this thunder cloud starts moving in i'm like guys we just gotta go we're we're not gonna have time if, if he looks the up the storm he looks was up. fucking bad dude Whoa, it was bad it was, <laughs> it was blowing his chairs off his porch <laughs> oh He's like, hey, you think that uh, decoy will stay there? I opened the door and thank God I had a hold of it because it would have dented his front quarter panel. And I ran out and I, I grabbed the decoy. I think. And uh, yeah, anyway, this is after we killed after, him, dude. It was bad. Like, oh, yeah, it was I, crazy. My whole patio furniture, like Aaron said, it slid from one end to the <laughs> other and was glass sliding door. Yeah, oh, oh, shit. one of them went over the handrail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it hasn't hit yet, mm. and we're. We're headed out toward this goat, and Aaron has this moo cow decoy on his recurve. And so we're we're closing the distance pretty fast. Oh, super Because fast. we've got to beat this storm. And the goat, all of a sudden, when we're, what, halfway out there, he stands up, and he just starts walking kind of parallel down this fence line, kind of toward a, a fence crossing. Yeah. And I was whispering to Domin, like, dude, hurry up. Just go to him. Yeah, we yeah, went we start- from go way like round around to it. Uh, we got to hurry, just haul ass and get there because he was there's was does over there. Remember those yeah, does came out. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And if he'd have gone under that fence, we, there's no gate. We couldn't go around there. Um, so as we're getting out there closer to him, the whole plan is for when we get up and if we get a shot opportunity, when Donman pulls that horse aside and Aaron is standing there with that moo cow. Hopefully the goat isn't paying close enough attention to the horses, and when he turns around and looks and see, rather than seeing big old Aaron standing there, he's going to see a cow standing there. And he's used to livestock being out there. Absolutely. So we're getting, we're within a hundred yards. The goat is kind of. I, I haven't seen any sign that he's even looked at us yet. Oh no, he was just slowly walking, and then he would graze a little bit, and then take yeah. a few he ever steps. did look at us until I shot at him. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And so when we, when we get out there, uh, there a couple different times, Donovan stopped and ranged. And every time he'd stopped to range, I would try to drop my camera to the ground on the monopod and get a little film of that goat off in the distance. But then you'd start walking again real quick and I wouldn't actually get him. Well, we got to within, I don't, I wasn't even really paying attention to how close we were just yet. I was not expecting Aaron to shoot at that point and dude well, hold on so remember i shot remember i shot that dirt pile when we took off yeah oh, yeah so that dirt pile was 53 yeah 
when and I'm going to get blasted from the tradition. Even though it's okay for Fred Bear sixty and in fifty three, I smoked that chunk oh, of yeah. grass that was the size of a well softball. Yeah. So I got a little nervous because I thought this is never going to work when we got to 53 and you look back and said, well, you said 51, I think. Yeah. yeah, And I was a yard or two behind you and I'm like, I'm calm. I'm going to smoke this thing. Well, I shot, I made a good shot and that thing, it erupted and watching the video, I would have smoked it, but instead I smoked its leg. But what was crazy is it looked at me and then looked away. And when I took the shot, uh, obviously it wasn't scared because it just looked away and started feeding when I took that shot. And then on the video, you can see him load up, and when he's pushing off is when, when I hit him, he only went 10, 15 yards. He started feeding again yeah. and walking and feeding and walking, and, and I, Danny was going, go, go. And I was, in my mind, thinking, holy sh- we're going to get another shot. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> we really did. We, it was like an angle drill in football. We just kind of went, <laughs> cut them off at the angle. Well, when, they, when they stopped, had I had I not been trying to run <laughs> camera and a horse. You would have told them no. I had no idea Aaron was going to shoot right then. Yeah. And it, 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 it's not like I didn't have confidence in Aaron shooting. I've, oh, yeah. I you, was telling Frank when we first walked in here, I've listened to a bunch of BS about Aaron shooting for a long time. And you never know what to believe until you see something. He was shooting at my house from my shop, you know, just practicing. Mm-hmm. And it was impressive. Like, I, I have every confidence in Aaron's shooting ability. You know what I mean? You just knew we could get closer. Was the I thing. knew we could get closer. I knew that goat wasn't paying attention. I was not expecting. I had just zoomed in on the goat, and all of a sudden I hear, ba-doomp. And... I didn't know whether he hit him or not. I'm looking in that little bitty screen, and all of a sudden I hear Aaron say, I think I hit his leg. And and the thing only, there like he said. There were some four-letter words in there, too. It might have been. <laughs> well, he only went like 15 feet or something. Then he just only went back ran to... like 15 yards. Yeah. He didn't know what the heck just happened. Yeah. You know? I can and he started feeding again. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, and we just go. Well, go. we just walked. We just kept going the same routine and walked right well, up to I like 38 you, yards. you stopped again. At some point, at you know, I'm um, 44, and that's when you said, "Go, go, go, keep going, keep going," I, because I, I knew we could get closer. I should have told my wheelhouse is is 38 to 40. That's my point on, and I prefer that distance to I can keep it in pretty tight groups there. So when you said 40, I'm like, "Hey, the fucking party has stopped. We're, I'm taking this shot <laughs> now because this one is." And watching that that nocturnal, so at 40. You couldn't hear, I don't think, or maybe you could, but when you when, when you said 40, it was cornering pretty hard, but, I mean, not like walking away, but cornering hard. I put the tip of my arrow, the left side of it, right in front of his rear quarter and let it go, and you can watch that nocturnal. And when it went in, I was like, oh, he's dead. And yeah. it took off. I'm like, that's going to kill him. And then you like the arrow just came out the front of his chest. And I was like, you're dead. He you know, is <laughs> dead. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, what was – yeah, I'm – I don't get super nervous, but this was one, like, my heart was going on this because it's, one, it's abstract. It's not normal. It's way outside of the box. Two, you do everything you can on a spot and stock hunt. Like, a miracle is 60, right? Yeah. Like, that's with a compound. Like, usually 60 is a, is a pretty big victory. Yeah. Well, here we are at 40, and Danny's going, go, go. And I'm thinking, shoot, shoot, Snyder, <laughs> shoot. And uh, 
when, when we hit it, I pretty much hit within a half an inch of where I was aiming. I mean, you couldn't have put it any better. It was a 12 or Oh, and hammered him, yeah. When it ran, it ran, and when it spun, Donman goes, the arrow just came out the front of its chest. He's done. He's, yeah, you were like, he's done, he's done. He went probably 70 yards and piled up, and I literally, my you know, my O-ring about snapped because I couldn't believe that this <laughs> happened, so... He I walked away and threw my bow down and grabbed my head and and Dame's like grab that bow man let's get the you know get a video of what happened and I'm like fuck I don't think I can talk <laughs> like I can't believe this shit just happened but <laughs> that was my favorite part when I spun around and looked at Aaron after I saw the said arrow coming out he's like whoa that that did not just happen yeah we've been at it like thirty minutes if that fifteen yeah just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, and a lot of guys I've hunted with, I don't, well, and Frank, you're just as bad. We don't show a whole lot of emotion Yeah, when we, you know, we don't dance, you know, I, who's the guy in the tree stand? That, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. Stan Potts. Potts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, well, man, that was awesome. You know, it, it's, I just don't, one, respect for the animal, you know, and it's, it's you know, it's that moment where I just want to think about what the hell just happened where with this i was like fuck you couldn't <laughs> one you couldn't have planned it better two if you would have told me which you tried to yeah. what was going to happen i wouldn't have believed you anyway so when that thing rolled up i was like yeah my god we just killed a monster goat with a stick bow behind freaking horses and a cow decoy yeah, yeah. so yeah you know, guys, like a charm. guys were asking me like why the cow decoy and i'm like well there's cattle in the field yeah right i didn't want him to be a uh an ant it made perfect sense an antelope would potentially not keep him at ease it might raise his curiosity it might piss i actually think the antelope would probably work just as good because it, basically they're they're just gonna think that oh there's another antelope standing on the other side of them horses yeah you know and However, in that situation, because there are cattle cows. right across that fence, there's there's cows, there's black cows there all the time, and some of them are mixed in with the horses across the fence. Yeah. So I was like, man, we if we just pull the horse out of the way, or Aaron steps out and the thing looks up and sees a black cow, it's going to be just fine. Well, and I yeah. shit you not, that's exactly what happened. And he looked up and was like, oh, yeah. Started feeding, and I'm like. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> so the second shot, you know, when it ran off, I knew it was a good de- uh, it was a good antelope. I mean, uh, it's not giant, giant, but it is a very good antelope. It's really good for a stick yeah, bow. And, you know, we got up to it, and I was like, shit, he's bigger than I thought he was. And he's got that super crazy hook, like the heart shape, which, yeah, uh, which yeah. I like, which was cool. So we get it drug over, and... At that point in time, Mary Poppins flew by. I'm talking 80 mile an hour winds yeah. and monsoon. Like he kept. What was your boy's name? West. West. Yeah. yeah. Hurry, West. Drive that thing. He had his power wagon. <laughs> the storm's coming. I mean, and we're so we threw everything. Uh, West got out there. We got everything. We threw it in the truck and we waited a little bit. And it got so bad, we drove back to the house. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It was. It was horribly. I mean, it was crazy. So. Finally, it actually made for better photos because the we waited a little bit. The storm calmed down, drove out, got it taken photos, and got it gutted. But it was there was probably eight inches of water in that. Yeah, that thing was dry as a bone. There's eight inches of water in the bottom of that creek. It rained that yeah. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was Danny brought up. He's like, it's a good thing you're not sitting the ground blind tomorrow because it rained a yeah. lot in a there very short puddles of time. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. Um. But obviously, you've done that before with the horses, and I had a ton of people message me about 
I was on a hunt and my buddy did this or a guy did that or or they saw it. Maybe Dan Fitzgerald must had a video on it and hit right. behind horses or something. There's guys bringing it up all over. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it on TV before, but I've never tried it. I mean, we've got five horses. We only had two in that one pasture and I've never tried it. And we see antelope out there all the time. And Danny's like, dude, we ought to try this one year. Yeah. Last year, I, I mean, I've never done it. And yeah. I, like I said, they're, they're there all the time. Well, they're I'll, not I'll tell afraid you right of now, the way that we did it, because we were trying to beat that storm before mm-hmm. it got to us. And and thank goodness the wind did not pick up. We had a little bit of wind, but it didn't start kicking till right after he hit the ground. Yeah. Um, and but, when it's kicking, talking, not shooting, 20 yeah. would have been difficult, let alone oh, yeah. 40. Like, it was cranking after that. Yeah, it, it was coming in hard. But uh, the way that we just went straight at that goat, like, and I'm, I kept pushing, go, go, go. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't usually work out. You've got to have a goat that is that is either in the right frame of mind or really used to the horses, mm-hmm. you know. And I think we had a little bit of both right there, um, because usually if it's if it's in a pasture where they're not used to seeing horses, you can still do it. It just takes more patience. We've had stocks where we've done it before, where we're only stocking a you know a couple hundred yards on these things. But it turns into a three and a half, four hour ordeal. Yeah. Because every time you start working toward them and you're kind of half circling in on them, they will freeze. They'll all of a sudden just start staring a hole in you. You know, like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to, you know, get this close to me, whether you're a horse or not? Um, so you just, you, like I told you, usually you don't feed the yeah. horse the day before or something yeah, like exactly. that or that morning. So that as soon as you stop, the horse's head immediately goes down to the ground and starts eating you know, and, and you got to stay there until that antelope loses interest. Luckily on this one, he never even checked up, man. He well, was, he was, you seeing those horses walk out that direction. Yeah. That's what I told you. We, there was that, just that little up front of you know, where we drive the truck to go check fence. Yeah. Just a little path. Yep. I, and that's the horses where the go horses, every day yeah. because there's other horses in the back with the colt and maybe a, maybe a stud's back there. I don't know, but they always go back there and see right. those horses. They run from the barn right back there. And I knew it probably wouldn't. Well, what too was crazy. baffling to me was when Aaron was able to step out again on the second time after he'd yeah. been hit in the leg. And Aaron said, smoke the leg. It wasn't smoked. It wasn't like it broke its leg, but it cut the back of its leg pretty good and, and I think got a tendon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So its leg wasn't it, its leg wasn't completely functional, but it's still. But I've seen that happen with a compound where they run a mile with three legs. Oh yeah, yeah oh they yeah. Don't, they don't absolutely. Man, I just don't think he knew danger. Was he the had thing. no idea. Yeah. Just like a bull, I've zipped through bulls so fast they started feeding again and then tipped over dead because yeah. they didn't hear the bow. Like especially when there's a wind, and they're like, oh something, and they'll look around for another bull, and they're like, oh, I don't know what happened. And they, well, this antelope's kind of the same way. Yeah. That's what it made me think of is. He could not put an injury to a danger around him. Yep. So he just started feeding again and was like, oh, that was weird. You know, yeah. part of nature, I guess. Because I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck? Why is he not running? Yeah. Because you, if you guys could have seen my face, because you could, I say three times, I hit him in the leg. Shit, I hit him in the leg. Yeah. Fuck, I can't believe I hit him in the leg. And you can hear Danny going, go, go. <laughs> and I'm thinking, there is no way I'm getting another shot at this. Well, you started moving closer and he was eating. He was feeding on, and I'm like, yeah. okay, I retract my last thought. We're going to get another shot. Yep. And I wasn't, so a lot of guys get shaken after a miss and thank God I have the world's shortest term memory because I can, it doesn't affect my next, I say that it generally doesn't affect my next shot. So I knew I made a good shot. The first one, it's yeah. just, he moved. So I, on the second shot, 
when he was still feeding when that arrow took off, I'm like, because that, you know, and I shot, I'm watching him. The video, you can see that nocturnal light lit up and it's like, and his head is still down. And I think he picked his head up. Arrow was probably six inches from him and zipped through him. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that. And the other thing, that was that new, new broadhead from Rocky Mountain, the three blade. And uh, it was funny because there was just this big hoopla about broadhead penetration and three yeah. blades. And anyway, so that's a 170 some foot per second, you know, recurve and zip through that thing full body length. So I was, I was impressed. I mean, it actually, it, it cut the esophagus in half. Yeah. So when we actually talk about, that's the only time I've ever seen that happen. The lungs. Oh, I shot dude. between them. I was really, so if you can imagine this, the goat is, facing right but quartering away real hard and Aaron puts it right on the rat the last rib like right behind the last rib and it was perfect it, it was absolutely a perfect shot but that arrow exited up there kind of in the brisket between the legs and I'm thinking okay he smoked the lungs the the heart you Liver. know I mean it just oh, looked yeah. like it came right through the boiler room well, when we gutted him, Aaron took it apart kind of gently to see where, you know, what all he got a hold of. That arrow, there was a there was a slice on the inside top of the right lung and a, a little slice on the inside front top of the left lung. He passed that arrow straight between the lungs. I didn't think that was possible. <laughs> and, and I think that he probably got um, some of the big arteries going down into the heart, but he didn't hit the heart. It went above the heart. So he passed that arrow and, and it was a pass-through that it, it held on by the fletches. The whole arrow was sticking out of the front of the goat and it barely clipped the lungs or, you know, and just hit the arteries and on top of the heart. clipped the liver too. Just yeah. remember it had a slice yeah. down the liver. So when I pulled that all that out, I wasn't paying attention and I thought I just pulled out one lung and the other one was you know, and you asked, you're like, take a look at those lungs. And I'm like, yeah, one of them's trash. And I'm looking I'm like, huh, there's two complete lungs there. Yeah. I passed through those things. And what was crazy is I reached up and the esophagus was cut in half. And yeah. so I think it got all the go goodies coming down to the heart and yep. then cut his throat in half. But he probably went, what, 15 yards with just the fletches in him. And then that fell out. Yeah. And then he, went, he actually went under a fence and then he died. Um, but like the, the arrow, when we got it, you know, it's covered and. In blood and it it died from here to the other building yeah. so i thought i toasted both lungs probably blew straight through the liver yeah. or, or at least blew half of it we pulled it out i was like huh this is weird yeah. <laughs> i didn't it had to hit all the goodies going down into the heart though with where it crossed but the esophagus shot definitely did it in but yeah it did so that thing left a hell of a hole i was impressed yeah it, it was through and through like, oh yeah Tip to tail. That was a yeah. lot of penetration. Mm -hmm. You can see the video. It's pretty cool. Can you can see that nocturnal just uh, just launching to it? And when it when it hits, I, I literally was. You see what you want to see. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you immediately said that should have killed him. Well, I, I thought for sure I hit within a half inch of where I was aiming. You know, which is as good as I'm ever going to get at 40. So when it hit, and I heard Donovan say, "He's dead." He's dead. He's dead. I'm oh, like, yeah. oh, thank God I didn't imagine that. Jesus. <laughs> Everybody was equally excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I was pumped oh, up. Oh, when we got down to below 45, I was having a hard time keeping my rangefinder on there, Fern. 
Really? Oh, I was shaking, shaking? like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was shaking, shaking. Yeah, I, I was, uh, I, I was, I was pretty impressed. Like, and and it was going back and watching that first part where Aaron is describing what we're about to do, and the the look on his face and the way that he's saying it, like you know, yeah, you right. could just read yeah. on him, like. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why I got out of my ground blind and came up to see this idiot. Uh, I didn't think it was going to work. I just I didn't think we'd be able to. What the biggest thing I was concerned is not just with getting the horses that antelope are so spooky when they you know see a fat white dude hop out from behind them. Yeah, they would erupt because with the stick and the arrows not moving extraordinarily fast. Yeah. Well, Frank, you shot at one. You were like, yeah, he was about six miles from it by the time my arrow got. Yeah, there. it was a little bit further, but yeah, yeah he was he was looking at me so. As soon as the bow went off, he was gone. Yeah. He was in Kansas before the arrow got there. I think you used that analogy, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was in another state. Yeah. And I've shot a couple, you know, 50 that literally were probably three feet from my arrow by the time the arrow got there. Right. And so I was thinking, even if I get out from behind this thing at 25, right. this antelope's getting out of the way, but well, he didn't. Two days, two days <laughs> That's later. That's what I was going to say. Jace Bowserman came down. The, the day after you were there and we went out and a couple a couple miles from where we were at the house there there was another group and they, they we've got goats at bed down out in the middle of this one field every single day in in this weed patch it's actually cockaburs i didn't know that it was cockaburs till we got down in there but thank goodness they were green and not quite to the point where they were really sticking to you but me and jace went right into the middle of those cockaburs we set up that 3D buck the same way that me and you did, Aaron, and we sat down on the turkey chairs right in the middle of the cockaburs with a, uh, I think Jace had a buck on and I had a doe, mm-hmm. um, a doe on the camera, and he had uh, a buck on his bow. And we get this buck that comes into that field 300 yards away, and he stood over there at 300 yards just staring, staring, staring for a long time. And after about 20 minutes of him staring from 300 yards and not close, not not stepping toward us at all, I took a white T-shirt that I had and I draped it over my butt and I got up and I crawled out toward our 3D buck decoy with that white butt facing toward that antelope 300 yards out there and just did a little, crawled in a little circle through those weeds. Now, from that antelope's perspective, all he saw was that white patch that was over my butt crawling through the weeds out there and it added just a little bit of movement to this deal and here he comes so he closes all the way into 80 yards and he's standing out there staring at me at jay me and jace from 80 yards away and we've got video of it it's good and he's looking at the 3d buck and he's looking at me and jace behind these stalker decoys that are tucked into these weeds right there and he probably stood there for 40 minutes no lie at 80 yards, just like, you know, trying to figure out what, you know, make sure that this buck wasn't going to come after him. And he he eventually wrote me and Jace off because he wasn't looking at us at all. He's just looking at the buck that's on his feet. And then he'd look back and forth, you know, other ways. And I, we started giving him just a little bit of movement. I'd reach up and flick an ear on the decoy a little bit just to, just to give him a movement every now and again. Finally, he just starts coming on in and he gets to he gets to 50 yards and turns turns broadside 
And I knew that Jace had been, he'd come out of his turkey chair and he was on his knees for that whole 40 minute time frame when that thing was looking at us from 80 yards. And I knew that he was, he had whispered to me at some point, dude, I, I got That's a young man's sport. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Jace is an ultra marathoner, man. He's a beast. Yeah. And he's, his body's a whole lot younger than mine, even though he's not that much younger than me. But, uh, he, he was like, I got to roll onto my side or something, man. And I was like, do it. You know, they're expecting to see a little bit of movement. Just do it slow. And so he got in a little more comfortable position, but he'd still been there a long time. So when that goat turned broadside at 50 and wasn't even looking at us, Jace is a good shot. I was like, go ahead and take him, man. You know, I, I didn't want to have him lock up again and have Jace stuck for another 30 minutes, you know, waiting for him to come into 30 or something. So... Jace draws, goat doesn't even look at us. Actually, Jace was shooting a, a, a hinge, and I heard his, his click, yeah. you know, just a little click, and I was expecting to go off, but, man, he was really pulling through like he's supposed to. And during that time, the goat kind of turned and looked toward us, um, but he was probably 10, 15 seconds before that thing went off. And it went off, and I had even said to him, Hey, when when you shoot, make sure you make sure you hold low. And he was like, "I'm aiming at the heart." And he, man, he was aiming at the heart. We looked at it back on the video. That goat hits the ground. Now, like fourteen <laughs> hits inches. the ground, man, and it it basically bounced right off the top of that goat's back. And when we looked, at, you know, immediately Jace is just kicking himself. He's like, "Oh." dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I was like, man, you ain't got anything to be sorry about. Go one there when your arrow got there. And he said, no, I don't think he even moved. Because a lot of times if you're in real time, yeah, you don't realize what they did. It just, you just think you missed. Well, we went back and watched the video and I held the pencil right there where that thing impacted the back and bounced across the back. If that goat doesn't move, he hits it dead in the heart. It was a perfect well, shot. I was going to say, the one thing I've noticed with the stick, because you can see the arrow. Yeah. You know, when you pick a spot, I always burn a hole through what I'm shooting. So when I, I knew that fucker moved like two feet. Yeah. Because when I shot, I was like, oh, my Lord, that moved a lot. Because when I let the arrow go, uh, you know, I'm watching to basically see the arrow hits where it's supposed to. Yeah. And I just watched him. My arrow's so slow, he had plenty of time to go all the way to the ground. And he took then, two bounds. Yeah, launch away. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I was surprised I hit him in the leg. Yeah. I thought he got out enough, away enough to where I shot under him completely. Well, he, he limped off. And so, you know, and, and again, I'm thinking, why is he not running? Like, I've, I was with a guy four or five years ago, and he nicked one in the leg. And we're talking flesh wound. Yeah. Dude, that antelope ran to Kansas. I mean, oh, yeah. he never stopped. Yeah. And so for this one, again, I just attribute it to he didn't know Dane. He couldn't lump danger together with injury. Yeah. So he's like, well, I'm going to go ahead and keep eating. Cause, and that's what he did. He started feeding. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got lucky on that one is the moral of that story. I don't know. I My antelope hunting days are definitely, I'm not, now that I've gotten one on the ground, I tell you what, next year, if I have a choice of helping a dude out on a bighorn sheep hunt or antelope hunting, I, I'm not sure that uh, I'll be volunteering to antelope hunt right out of the gate. Although that was fun. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, opportunities and everything else. And hunting public land here is not impossible, but like the Pawnee, Cody went up there and hunted, and there was 
he said 40 some cars um on the pawnee which is rough yeah i mean it's tough it's, it's rough hunting, getting, but well frank you're public land down there and yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I wanted to bring something up that i talked to you about this morning my buddy lives in idaho mm-hmm. oh, Lord. and uh i'll be right they, back while you're telling this story. they <laughs> i want to get your guys' opinion on what you would do so it's public land stuff hunting the desert land out there limited amount of water mm-hmm. and uh you can go and you can set up your ground blinds just like you can here on public land in a certain time frame so right um him and his buddies they build they build a like a, a plywood ground blind spray paint it whatever brush it in spray paint the inside black all that stuff yeah and uh he gets out you know he sets it up whatever ahead of season gets out there opening morning with his boys and he goes to step in there and there's a guy in there oh another hunter me. no and way. and he confronts the guy and he's like yo you know i, I said this is my ground blind i set yeah. it up the guy's from from out of state he's from virginia and he said to my buddy he says legally this is first come first serve. I'm not going to leave your blind. I got out here three hours before sunlight. I'd go to jail. Yeah. So, oh man. Yeah. So, <laughs> this is jail. something I've never heard of before. And I was, I'm reading this text that he sent me and I'm laughing because I'm a dick, but I'm thinking to myself, what, what would you do or what can you do if legally you're, you, uh, legally it is, maybe well, it is le- first come legally first serve. speaking. If that's the law, then you don't have a, foot to stand on but i've done wrong things before <laughs> yeah exactly and, uh, if, if if somebody told me that they're not going to get out of my grand blind that i worked hard to set up right uh, we'd have a problem yeah so this is that's something i had never heard of happening before Jeez, and I'm, I'm over here thinking jesus i can't believe people do that but i mean the guy came out there intentionally from out of state to to do that he went and found somebody that set up a ground blind and then went and sat in their ground blind it wasn't like he better hope he's a big old boy because I'd try and whip his ass all the way back to Virginia. That's the same thing I said, yeah. Which, I mean, I, I get, you know, it's the law, you know, or what, you know, like, okay, but there's harassing wildlife and harassing hunters, but yeah. there's nothing stopping, like, Jordan from, did you mention his no, name? No, but the I cat's out of the last bag. name. <laughs> you can just sit beside the ground blind. I mean, right. you can assure yeah. the guy won't oh, kill yeah. anything. I'd, but That's one way that you could handle it is just sit down right in front of it. I'm not going right. to tell my story because I know there's a lot of game wardens that listen to this and I'm finding that out more and more, but I had a tree stand incident with that happening and he got out of the tree stand. But oh. I was like, literally like, dude, have some morals. Like, yeah. you know, it'd be different if I left it up for five years. But, yeah. Um, if it yeah, had been there for ever. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That, uh, that, that's, that's rough, man. Yeah, it's something right. something I'd never heard of before. But yeah, I was I was curious on what other people's opinion would be because I wouldn't be know hard, how to handle it. Yeah, hard what, to handle. what what all could you even do? Well, <laughs> to avoid getting in trouble, yeah, I guess not. You could sit down right in front of the ground blind, right? Right. Know, yeah. Sit Indian style, right in front of the thing. Say, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. If I'm not going to sit here, I guess I've never heard of anything. Like yeah, that. that's, that's uh, that's, that's crazy. Um, and. <clears throat> So what was Aaron must have had to take a leak because he just went running out of here his emergency. Um, so, w- what was his tree stand incident? I think <clears throat> I think they uh, they had set up uh, some tree stands, whitetail hunting, and uh, he had went in there with a buddy, and they got to the stand, and there was a guy up in the tree. Yeah, and Aaron said, "What do you do? You're in my stand. You need to get out." And the guy said, "I think the guy said something along the lines of." 
you're going to have to make me. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's probably the wrong thing to say. Yeah. Um, Aaron's, he, he's, he is a little intimidating looking. <laughs> yeah. You know. Wrong guy to confront. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I guess I'm learning that's more. This is more common than uh, than I had thought. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't think any of us would would do that to another hunter if if it is in fact first come first serve. Then I think that him putting his blind there was the first come first serve type thing. Oh, that's common courtesy, I would think. Oh, man, I mean, that's yeah, crazy. You gotta have a little bit. Um, well, cool. Well, man, uh, we got about 14 more meetings to do. We should probably hop off here, but well, tell everybody where they can find uh, the decoys and uh, your webpage and uh, social media, all that stuff. Yeah, it's ultimatepredatorgear.com is the webpage, and uh, we are a consumer direct. We do sell to some uh, small independent archery retailers, pro shops. Uh, you're not going to find us in box stores. Um, so the best way to get it is either at your local pro shop or by coming to our website um, and then following us on Instagram. It's it's uh, Instagram's Ultimate Predator, Ultimate Predator Gear. Hold on, I'll, I'll yeah, find that yeah, out. That's bad when I don't know that, isn't it? Damn it, technology. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. So it's that. one word, Ultimate Predator Gear. Yeah, Ultimate Predator Gear. So, And uh, his personal page is Danny, D-A-N-N-Y dot Ferris. Yeah. And like Aaron was explaining to somebody just the other day, you know, these these are a, these are a tool in, the, in your toolbox that you, you might use on one hunt and you might not on the next. But when you, when you come across a situation where you need them, you need them. And, uh, and they work really, really well. They'll let you get away with a lot of things that you wouldn't be able to get away with otherwise, let you get through areas that you weren't able to get through without getting spotted before. There's a lot of different uses for them. Yeah, and we'll have that video up hopefully within the next week or two. We'll probably have like a short 30 to 60 second um, clip on social media, and then we'll have something up on YouTube as well. It's, just, it's a busy time of the year, but we'll try to get – I've been hounded for – you know, for that. But what you're going to see is three fat guys behind two horses and <laughs> yeah. then one of the fat guys shooting. So. <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was. It well, was I can't cool. thank you guys enough. That was an awesome trip. And thanks for coming out, hopping on the podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for having us. That was yeah. super fun. Thanks for having us. Appreciate it, Aaron. Yep. No problem. Everybody good luck this season.